Welcome, everyone, to our April 1st Lore Dump episode. It's going live on April 1st, it's Josh. February 8th. Happy Fool's Day, everybody. The ones you love and make sure you paint them good. Those fucking nerds. It is not April Fool's. <laughs> Get them, Josh. Get, what pranks did you pull for this holiday season? Well, you know, I rolled out of bed uh, this morning and I got up and I walked into the bathroom and then I pulled out my phone and I looked at it and it said February 8th, not April 1st. February 8th, Josh, it's January 7th. What are you talking? I mean, oh, oh. oh, you're now you're still, no, it's all no, kinds of confused. No. It's all <laughs> Where are we in the timeline? It's all coming. I pranked you though. So good. It's not you're, even April. What? Oh my God. You're your April Fool's joke was so good that it happened mm, through a whole It, it happened year. in Febtember. Wow. That year. Gotcha, bud. God. Actually, I'm gotcha. really worried about what you'll be like on April Fool's. That could be interesting. Don't worry. I checked the calendar. April Fool's is a Thursday. <laughs> Whew. Dodged that bullet. <laughs> yeah. Our episode won't release then, unfortunately. We can't release one of our good humored episodes. And there's no D&D games those days for you to... Well, maybe there is. Who knows what happens in the future? The future? I don't. The future knows what happens in the future? The future always knows what happens. The future never comes. You know how sad that is? Tomorrow never gets here. Speaking of the future, Sean, do you know what we do in this podcast? Day and day. Never comes. We... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we build the future of a D&D homebrew world. We... Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we we build the world together before your very ears, listener. That's right. Are you okay? Yeah, You've got I'm a fine. weird distance no, I just stare. I just sort of had like something broke inside of me, I think. But I'm good. I'm good. We can continue. Please, you, go on. You don't? Okay. Yeah, Josh, if I had to, if, if the sun will come out... <laughs> If you had to pick a topic, if you had to pick a topic, Josh, if you had to pick a topic you wanted to talk about today, Boy, what would well, you, what would you pick? We're in like a deep, you're clearly in a deep philosophical mood. So I think this is a really good day to talk about faith and religion in our world. Cause Ooh. you've got the look of a man who stared into the eyes of God and God looked back. So yeah. I, I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts here. Ooh, on, we're in the perfect mood. I won't demonetize us. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about religion. Now I will I think I should preface this by saying like we're we're not going to establish all the religions on Tarek because religion is unique and widespread and varied across planets and cultures. Um, but we're going to look at some like larger reaching faiths and religions that might have occurred due to the context that the residents of this planet have, uh, which varies from culture to culture. But we're also gonna be that's kind of that's talking about fictional faith that has nothing to do with real life religion. Don't yes. come for me in the night because I'm fucking jacked and I sleep with nunchucks. So here's where we're going to start, though. Uh, there is a place called Nazareth. Uh, and there's a carpenter. Yerushalem. And... A <laughs> <laughs> there's a warlock named Jesus. <laughs> and they go... There's a census and they have to travel 
he forms a party with three wise men, and together they beat the shit out of the Romans. <laughs> I think that's how the Bible goes. Oh, that sounds amazing. Honestly, I would watch that. <laughs> but no, okay. seriously, Sassy, what, what are your opinions on faith? Well, Sean, I'm so glad you asked. I, oh. Sassy, I speak like this. Uh, I think that uh, religion is an integral part of how cultures interact with each other uh, and is, is, is very important to world building. Uh, and faith is particularly important in Dungeons & Dragons because, you know, Sean, there are actual real gods in Dungeons & Dragons. Boy, I just totally <laughs> dox the fact that I am super sassy as agnostic, uh, apparently. Um, but uh, there, so are, there are gods everyone, with powers and implications. Uh, <laughs> hello, listeners. This is our newest segment, uh, Sassy Says. Uh, where sassy, sassy uh, Josh's cat weighs in on the topic of the day, and my God, it's going to be a regular thing from now on. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Sass, sassy, you're agnostic, are you? Yeah, super agnostic. Let's super uh, dive know, into that a little bit. Well, uh, way back when I was just a young kitten, uh, I stared into the eyes of, of the void, and uh, well, I just saw nothing. So oh. I was like, I don't know. Oh, so you're kind of like a, a like a nihilist or something like that. Yeah, a bit of a nihilist. Holy yeah, shit! For sure. Yeah, I look like one, right, with my cute button nose and whiskers. Yeah, I never would have picked you for a nihilist. I thought you were, you know, just a regular cat. Um, so if you can go ahead and put Josh back on, we the segment's kind of running a little long. Josh, get out of it! Come, come here. Oh, okay. Thank you, Sassy. We appreciate your time and effort. Oh here. God, dude. I, oof. Sassy's what did she a, say? I don't know if that segment's gonna fly. That was a bit much. What did did she talk about agnosticism? She again? did sort of bring up the whole void thing again. Yeah. Every time, every conversation we have with her, I mean, Snakes we tried to get a segment. A segment. She really has other things to say. Look, uh, I wanted to get her with involved, her. That was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we should bring her back, man. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll skip the next one. Anyway, what was that? Nothing, sassy. Go, go away. Bye. Uh, she's gone. You got to record in the shed from now on. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> she doesn't go in the shed. I'll Thank be safe God. there. All right. Anyways, what are your this ideas? This bit went things? way too long. <laughs> I know you love it so much. Uh, I, again, like to reiterate, reiterate what I didn't hear Sassy just say. There are powers provided by gods in Dungeons and Dragons. So there is very real evidence of gods existing yes. in most D&D worlds, which is something you need to assume when talking about faith and religion in your D&D world. Is a lot of these pantheons exist in some form. Yes, it is insane to find an atheist in a D&D world. Mm-hmm. This makes it's no outlandish sense. that someone would look at... It's funny It's funny. you do. It's funny, hilarious if you do. But it's also like people just closing their eyes and walking around and not noticing all this clearly godlike magic happening around them. Yeah. I th- I think what I like to do, I'm curious about your thoughts is with the pantheons, despite there being very clear evidence because magic exists, what those pantheons actually are, or what those gods are is very complex for mortals to understand. So a lot of the time, a god's purpose or intent is very different to what the faith or religion presents the god's purpose and intent to be. There is a sort of difference in perspective there because, again, this is very agnostic sounding. If there is a god understanding that omnipotence and intents or intent 
from a mortal perspective is very difficult. Uh, and so I like to do that. I like, like, again, a lot of my gods are doing things and people are like, oh, well, they're the god of such and such. And that's not actually the case. That's just mortals projecting yeah. something onto something. They this is just understand. who, when I ask for something, this is the person that responded. Therefore, they are the god of the yeah. sea or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like one day, you know, what really happened is like the god of the earth was going for a swim and saved somebody from the ocean. Mm -hmm. And that person was like, oh, this is the god of the sea. But really, it's the god of the earth and mortals are just projecting. Or it's just a the god. They have no like set domain, but people aspire or set a good domain for them. And it's like, OK, you're the god of the sea. It's like I could be the god of anything. But if you guys are going to pray for me for ocean stuff, then that's fine. Well, let me let me ask you this, because in D&D canonically, in both Flanace and the Sword Coast and Faerun and all that jazz, the Love way jazz. that that omnipotence and deification works is that you have portfolios of power as a god, spaces that are within your domain and control. Right. And this is the technical mechanic that defines how a god interacts. Yes. And in order for a god to have power in those domains, it has to have people believing in in it like oral or whatever from rhyme of the frost maiden mm -hmm. her whole thing is about people believing in yes. her as the goddess of ice of snow and if that doesn't happen then the whole thing falls apart right are we gonna do that in our world or are we gonna like throw that shit out the window and gods could just be whatever the hell they want we can but i will say we've already established a good amount of our god lore mm -hmm. and i think it makes way more sense if over time when people just ask for things or like give out those those divine uh prayers and assign belief to a certain individual they cause them to almost become locked in that aspect of divinity. develop that portfolio yeah cool cool it's it's also really good from a dm perspective to like if you're ever writing guys this is a pro tip it helps you if you write out a little few keywords that represent your god it's usually more than one. It's usually like three to five mm -hmm. words that are like, again, like the forge, fire, life, rebirth. Those can yeah. all be on the same God's portfolio. But then once you've defined those portfolios, you can construct conflicts. You can be like, these people don't like this God because of this portfolio. Or this God is going to war with this God because of this portfolio. Like there's reasons and there's power dynamics that inherently structure themselves off of those portfolios. So. An easier way to do it. And that helped me when I was uh, designing the Off the Rails mm -hmm. uh, Pantheon. There's some good gods um, in that one. The, one that, oh. the ones that I use is I looked at the list of clerics, the different domains that the clerics had, and I just attributed like at least two or three to each god. Like, what would they fit under? I didn't like hold them to those. They do other things besides what those yeah. those cleric classes do. But it's an easy way to see, okay, how would the players interact with these specific gods? They could be oh, a yeah. cleric of life, a cleric of light, a cleric of fire, a cleric of the forge, a cleric of anything. And I think you gave us that exact tip in season one of Lordum when we were talking about how magic works. You were like, the classes need to be able to be defined via the sources of magic in the world, too. It's a good tip. It doesn't yeah. mean that, like you said, like like the clerics are not locked in one way, the gods aren't locked in one way, but at least things are accounted for if they need to be. Exactly. Um, try not to always think of your world as from the dm's perspective but think of how a new player coming into the world would think about it such a good usually tip. helps oh thank my you. god genius as always thank you thank you 
Okay, so we're we're kind of defining a few portfolios. Maybe we look at it from the class perspective. We have a few gods defined already who have their portfolios. Um, that nature you know, we have, bitch. We have nature, we have <laughs> war and death and plague. We have the architect um, who places things in the stars, like the designs in the stars. Um, so we have those. And we have also st- established canonically that... There's really one or two races that know anything about what's going on in the heavens, mm-hmm. and they don't know exactly what's going on, right? Like, the elves don't know what's going on with the Pantheon of Toreg. We know there's also a Celestial Pantheon and a Pantheon of the Nine Hells, but those Pantheons are less gods and more other creatures. Yeah, so... I would say that there's there's only one real... Uh, like non divine entity that would be the chicken and the egg the thing yes. that they're living on would be like the reverse of the gods in the heavens everything else is like minor evil deities and like lesser gods yeah so the chicken and the egg is the true the true whatever who's that big god of the Faerun pantheon i forget but the one that like can snap things into existence and out of existence essentially oh i don't know i don't know anything about Faerun. i forget but gotcha gotcha the one below all yeah everything it's the extra-dimensional non-existent existence that laws do not apply to yeah it's an almost unsentient malice that just exists beneath the world yeah raw energy and potential Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but just because it doesn't have a portfolio doesn't mean it can't be worshipped by by mortals true which yeah. there is the cult of the chicken. So we did say early, early on, we never came back to it, that there is a religious order that wishes to imbalance the world so severely that the chicken returns or bursts from the surface. Yes, there are a large conting- contingent of zealot uh, weirdos that believe in a space chicken. Fucking yeah. weird. Crazy bastards. Yeah. I mean, this is essentially like the cult of Thuris Dune or any of those, like, copy and paste it over, right? They have some sort of arcane knowledge that is not exactly clear to them, but they want to do it anyway. Yeah. They or believe that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we could talk about that cult a whole lot more later on. Mm-hmm. It's good to point out that there is something already established. Mm. So, so then... Nope, you go. No, 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 no. You sure? Yeah. I insist. So... So there are kind of almost patron deities as well. Like, we know that the architect really liked the dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, but the architect had a role in building every single one of the races. We know that well, war... Except for elves. Uh, except for elves. Because they came from the first guy who split himself. Yeah, the first guy popped them down there, and then he split himself. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the orcs are connected to the god of war in some way, because the whole Ragna orc thing god i forgot that (laughs) that was good um and then the tieflings aren't really affiliated with any tarag deities because they're from the nine hells and then the minotaurs and asimar are connected to the celestials um and those pantheons can remain relatively same or you completely scrap them if you want to dm that's your call Mm -hmm. build it as you see fit so our constraints are the pantheon of tarag that we defined a long, long time ago, and I've completely forgotten about. <laughs> Don't you mean the the ones that split? Yeah, the ones that split. Well, I think there was nature, 
There's nature. Maybe you said like death and plague and war were all sort of the same yes. person. That is correct. And then, the balancing scale is what. That yeah, one, one of the Not gods. Malicious, one of the sub gods split again into life and death, and they sort of balance each other out. Yes, 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 yes. Then there's the archivist, who's sort of like the head of all of them, who meters out like what needs to change, what needs to, what needs adjusting, stuff like that. There's the the last one that we were missing. Oh yeah, that's it's so it's death, which is war, pestilence, and population control. Mm-hmm. Life, which is the control of flow of energy from the egg. Mm-hmm. The architect, which is the designer of sentient lives after elves, and the god of probability, which is the head of the pantheon, which feeds information to other gods to dictate balance. Sorry, that's that's who I I, I don't know why I started calling him the archivist, but that's a good name too, though. Yeah, because we used to then, say they put information into the stars and then nature of course yeah jesus which i think we added after we wrote these notes because it's not in problem child (laughs) nature oh oh my god so we've got nature really does not like sentience so i also really like the idea of there being some sort of widespread religion among sentient humanoids that worships nature and nature just absolutely hates it. Well, that's it. my favorite thing about the nature religion is when I envision like someone who worships this god praying, that's why they always get a response in like the wind or whistling grass or like whispers in the trees because it's like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Just go away. It's like, I don't know, over there. Shut up. Just, just shut up. That's it's so perfect. You're right, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. What is that? What does that group look like? What is that? What is the? Is there like a widespread religion, or is it more like people? It's more like spirituality with religion, where people find nature and like worship. It. I think it's more widespread. It's like, I don't think there's any like set up churches or anything to the nature god. I think it's more just like if you feel the need, pray. If you feel like mm-hmm. you want to set up a shrine in nature somewhere go ahead and do it but what do we call the god of nature um do we do names for them finally i mean we finally we probably should yeah but doing it live okay. sucks okay i will come up with names let's see okay uh so we've got our god of nature um and brulga Brulga, we know that they're kind of dismissive, um, non-committal, disinterested in the sentience, uh, and kind of um, are almost when they're worshipped, they they despise it because our gods don't really require worship to exist in Toreg. They're not dependent upon it. This is something that mortals have chosen to do. Yeah. I like to think that most of them don't even notice they're being praised or revered in any way. And they, they're just like, eh. yeah, there's like these people like tapping into that belief and like getting a little bit of their, their power and essence from the divine. But then they're like, what? Oh shit. There's people praying to me down there. And I think all of these deities, I know we keep gendering them, but they're pretty much gender non-binary, right? Like, yeah okay so they're all like the same sort of thing almost mm. so what about like 
we, do we want to just do like the atypical like D D ridiculous name sort of thing where it's just like here's a name it's easy enough to remember because alphabetically it's different to the other gods the in the god's name is yen gen hestafir is that easy to remember <laughs> if you want it it's yours <laughs> i think yen gen hestafir is a great name i yen gen is easy to remember for me i could remember yen gen but you have to remember the second part too Okay, can you spell this for me no, while I write it out? It's all phonetic. The, whole, the audience needs you to spell it. Yengen? Yengen, which is Y-E-N-G-E-N. One word? Yes. It's all one word. Okay. I don't know why you're putting spaces in it. Hestafir. Oh, okay. Is H-E-S-T-I-F-E-R. Or I-R. Whatever looks better. <laughs> I-E-R. How about That's that? That's how I spell Let's things. See. Whatever looks best. Oh, this name looks terrible. Yengen Hestafir. Yengen Hestafir. <laughs> I also love God the added nature. layer of that. Whenever they pray to him, it's the wrong name or like an abbreviated name. And it's like, it's not my fucking name. Guys. I hate you. I'm going to play with some cats or something. <laughs> I'm going to go swim with some turtles, man. All right. Yengen Hestafir. Yeah. Sure. I love Yengen it. Yengen Hestafir. Uh, that's very good. <laughs> Um, you're gonna kill me for I'm this. So happy. Oh. I want to call the like main god of probability oxygen, and it's X O K G Y N. Like the name Gene. <laughs> it's like oxygen, yeah. <laughs> but oxy and then G J E A N. <laughs> yeah, here it's 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 this. Okay, sure. <laughs> That's what we're gonna we're gonna call That's our primary god oxygen all right all right uh what about the architect the architect hmm what's another okay it's a good go you go for it if you have one bear with me bear with you that's a weird name i think architect i think dude with like a draft table and a bunch of pencils and like a pen and he's just your average guy simmons can yeah simmons 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 Carl, yeah, just Simmons. <laughs> Simmons. I love it. Just Simmons. The, the architect's name is Simmons. But they always pronounce their word okay. like Simeon. <laughs> Simeon. Simmons, the architect. All right. What about Life, the like one who controls the tap? Hmm. I like their names being close because they sort of split from each other, but not like the same. Mm, so similar to, similar to Simmons. No, no, no. I mean, like, um, life and death. Those two names being kind of similar. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because they split from each other, but not the same. What about, like, Idol and Otto or something, something like, like that? like that, yeah. Like, I-T-O-L-O-T-O-L? Well, you don't want it to be that close, because then the players just be like, which one's the... F- I can't know. It also might give away... It might be too unsubtle of, like, oh, those gods... Yeah. You don't necessarily... They don't have that context, they immediately put it together. Um, Codia and Media, something like that. I like that. Codia and Media. Okay, so like Media maybe... would be death. Yeah, that makes sense with the like Latin root yeah. to it. Yeah, I love that. Okay, We're so fucking crushing it. Media for death. We can do this when we decide to. What? 
Mediacodia, Simmons, Oxygen, and Yengen Hestifir. <laughs> oh, that's flawless. And I, I, there's also plenty of opportunities for like other gods to ascend and lesser deities and other stuff like that. And other fragmentations to occur. Because this isn't set in stone. The Pantheon can always evolve as time goes on. And these these might not even be their names, but these are what the mortals tend mm-hmm. to call them. Okay. Uh, I like the idea that these names all have... Okay, bear with me for this. Okay. From a historical a perspective... The, there's lots of... There's bears everywhere. Um, the from a historical perspective, the names were originally created by the elves. And because they were the first to attempt to name these entities and they have warped and changed as different communities and cultures and, um, and, um, societies and and races have picked up those names, Mm -hmm. but the root of all these words are elven. That's that's fair. Right. Just cause that gives us a, a standard, uh, history for the Pantheon, the Pantheon that was, is, it also gives it a reason for these things to be fairly widespread because it started at the source mm-hmm. of Toreg's history. And thus, as the humans came in conflict with the elves and then the orcs came in conflict and the dwarves, came, like the elvish yeah. variant, just like the Thadian calendar, right? It it disseminated out. So you you very often see these things that look vaguely like elvish culture, only it's Everywhere. not. And that's the same with the panther. I love that. Cool. It also makes total sense. Yeah. It's also why some of the rituals are like, the fuck is this? What are, what are, what are we doing? It's a stupid fucking name. I'm not calling them that. That's a dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> I really like to think that like it was Yengen, and when Ragnarok originally occurred with the orcs, they added on Hestafir at the end, and it just stuck, and the elves <laughs> despise it. Fuck you. Get out of here. They're just like, Oh, you mean Yang and Hestafir? And the elves are like, excuse me? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, elves suck. Yeah, they do. Sorry. Hold on. That was a personal comment. I'll take that out of the podcast. Don't worry. I, I like them in our world. I do. They're all right. But they still like immensely evil here for some reason. <laughs> we, we got a bias. There is a bias nah. here. It's very clear. It's all their fault. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've got some names. We've got a distribution pattern for the religions, which you know this has been what canonically ten, approximately ten thousand years or longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so these religions have changed dramatically, uh, and you know you might also see uh, a church of media uh, might be very very different amongst the orcs than. It might be amongst the humans. And other races might outright not even know of or worship other gods. And they might have right? just completely but, different names. Yeah, completely different names. In different parts of the world, because they were like... Or even some of them might have gotten Kodia and Media backwards at some point. Yeah. And they called them the wrong name. Or like just, they just heard like the elves talk about it. It's like, no, that's not the guy I pray to. It's someone completely different. It's uh, this guy. It's like, that's not, yeah. I don't even know which one that one is. It's like, hey, it's a new one. You don't know about him. <laughs> we've had yeah, hipsters so as we speak forward we're speaking in large sweeping generalities about like the more popular perspectives on some of these deities and mm-hmm. faiths okay 
What do you think? So we've established that the god of probability is really the god that leads the pantheon. But that's, do you think that's the most important god to the people of Toreg? Or do you think there's a I would be god? surprised if it was the least known about god. I think so. Yeah. I agree 100% with you on that. Which I almost one do like, you think they place at the top? I almost like that nature's... <laughs> is that bad? Nature's the most important. Well, it's... nature's not the most important, but it's one of the more prayed to ones. Yes. But it, it fucking despises that. Because nature, like you said, it's it's not like there's a church, but the common folk constantly have to deal with nature. So yeah, for, there's for good farming shrines. seasons, for rain, for flood, for storms. It's like, oh my God, shut up. They even like parse down. It's like, oh... They think it's a different god for the sea, but it's the same person going to the same place. Yeah. Or like it's... different parts of the land. It's like, shut up. So everyone prays to Yengen Hestafir. Yengen Hestafir, say it right. Yengen Hestafir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling so much. Okay. I like that. And again, it is very much like shrines and, and so mm -hmm. on and so forth, uh, but no established religious practice. I really like to think that the main church. Well, no, I'm really curious about the architect. How does the architect fit in? I don't think it would be. Because that's another one where them. people would take some issue with that. Well, again, they wouldn't know the whole picture, so they wouldn't yeah. be able to take issue with it. They would just see it as like a deity of like creation, craft. That's true. Um, possibly a designer. Life. Yeah. But, you know. So the architect is really the god of artists and patrons and creatives and yeah. so on and so forth. In different forms. I also think there's like a possible misinterpretation church that has like a different name for him under the god of life. Oh, I like that. Okay. I'm writing this down just to organize it. You're writing it down? I know, my god. So the portfolio for the architect is design creation art architecture but in the more literal sense that sort of thing like mm -hmm. uh and then like secondary portfolios uh is life yeah but people don't really always place that properly yeah they're just okay. fucking wrong um and then obviously nature is pretty self-explanatory there I wonder if the main church is almost both life and death gods together as one. They're like most important to people. But like mis misinterpreted as one deity, not two different beings. Okay, so they mashed the two together. They mashed the two irritating. together and they completely separated like the plague and war and all that other shit. They just attribute life and death to this one individual. So life and death. Uh or like a shared church. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is, maybe it is like the church of Mediacadia. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love that. Okay. So portfolio. Uh, again, is war, peasants, population control. That's Or death. like Mecadia. They just mashed the two names together Me in some weird way. Mecadia. I love it. That's brilliant worshipped in conjuncture as one entity with 
Media. Two faces. And then oh. the inverse for Kodia. Gays. Okay, I love it. Nice. Light control. The architecture. So really, it's really funny that like life is attributed to really life is actually the god of the arcane because the arcane flow like we've established that a lot of the magical potencies that come from toreg come from that tap being turned on and off access to that potent source of energy so there's also an element of um while i think unbeknownst to the mortals the god of life is very much in tune with Magic. arcane magics sure so make that a secondary portfolio And maybe like some people who worship the arcane worship the god Kadia independently of uh, Medicia or whatever we said it was, but they're actually like kind of the same god mm. in a weird way. Under a different name, I think. Yeah. Because otherwise that would be blasphemy. If they were to know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, we're talking, if the, if the distances are far enough, then it's not as, yeah. as big a deal, but yeah. Okay, so the big deaths kind of spanning large. Media, Kodia, Media, Kodia. Simmons, Oxygen, and Yangen's Heifer. Hestafir. Sorry, I'm never going to get that right. Yangen Hestafir? Uh, okay. I don't know why it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> unknown. So again, the god of probability is almost unknown. Okay. So the biggest church really is the the death slash life church. Yeah. Both war, this eternal cycle, which is thematically appropriate to yeah. Tarag. I think also it's just the number one thing people are most concerned about most of the time is living and dying. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That nature. Mm -hmm. And Smitty Werben Yangerman Jensen or whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. Blurba derba derba derba. He was number one. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So that kind of establishes faith pretty well. There were some good, again, like thinking about portfolios and things like that is really the most important thing with gods in D&D because it just allows you to organize. Yeah. Understanding, you know, where, where do these faith-based magics come from with clerics and what are your gods stakes in these worlds, which we had already kind of established. We just organized it a little bit. Mm -hmm. We also got shit like uh Grieg, Grieg. different, mm -hmm. like lesser pay or not patron, but deity in its own right. And With other things like that. Storm dragon or the ascendant storm dragons or gods. Yeah. Essentially. I think the that's purple warm. That that's another thing we have to flesh out eventually too. Whatever that thing is. Yeah. And just more lesser deities and minor gods as we go along. All right. Is there anything else we want to add to this, Sean? I think that's good for this episode. Well, that means we move on to the next part of our show. Do you know what, what is part that? that is? What's that, Josh? <sighs> it's uh, it's the question part. Oh, I thought it was another sassy's corner. 
No, no, I think we're going to just never do that again. Okay, well, we'll see about that. Uh, but I do love the questions we get from our audience every now and then. Oh, they're so good. And we have another question this week uh, from a good friend of ours, Certifiable Nerd. Oh, uh, Certifiable Nerd sends in so many good questions and we cannot resist answering them. We can't keep up with all these good questions. Yeah, we're, we're, we are a little behind. There's so many good ones, but we're, we're going to ask this one. Now, uh, I don't know that the so the intro to this question is, hello, dumpers. Is dumper what we're hey. calling people that listen to our show? No, we're dumpers. We're the dumpers. We, oh, we're the dumpers. Yeah, that's God. us. You and me. What are our listeners? We're dumpers. Uh, I don't know. We did like dumpsters or dumplings. I don't know. We never really decided. Dumplings is adorable. <laughs> Can we please dumplings? call them dumplings? Our little dumplings. Hello, dumplings. Our little dumplings. <laughs> oh, dumplings. We love you. <laughs> okay yeah that's that's established thank you certifiable nerd for letting us do that uh hello dumpers that's you and i sean Mm -hmm. uh that sounded wrong hey guys i need your help i'm dming a campaign and i'm struggling with the shades of moral grayness i want to make a kingdom for my party that seems great superficially but past the bare facade there's a huge issue that turns this pleasant kingdom into a nightmare as time goes by so here's the question How do I start implementing that feeling of unease without outright saying to my players, hey, this kingdom is kind of evil from the certifiable nerd? Ooh, that's a good question. This is also, I assume, one of Josh's favorite topics. It's tricky. Yeah, it's really tricky. Mm -hmm. I I do a lot of the moral gray. You do a lot of the moral gray. Subject matter. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can I be honest with you? I refuse and to. John might it. agree with this. Oh. He's doing it. Probably anyways. about 50% of the time it's constructed by me. 50% of the time it's leaning into how the party feels about a community of their own perspective. So, really? So, before you decide whether or not a community is bad, you see how the party feels about it? Not every time. Uh, there are things that have to remain that way for the story perspective and for the lore to make sense. Yeah. But there is a lot of grace to be had. And I, you'll see like stories change with, uh, there's a lot of wiggle room to like adjust to the party. Your party will very often come in and because you've missaid something or mispresented something, they're like, these people are absolutely evil. Oh, or I these see. people are the best because you know what? I, like they do it with NPCs yeah. all the time too. I think people don't realize they do it with communities and with organizations as well a lot where people make assumptions and you can play with those assumptions as you proceed forward. Again, if you want to really like cleanly define something quickly, you don't want to do that. But that is very different to what Certifiable Nerd is asking here. Because Certifiable Nerd, you're asking about the long burn, right? Uh, So one thing you can consider doing, I guess, this is not the end all and be all tip, but one thing I have done a tool in my toolkit is to um, create two organizations and have those organizations interact with the players and see which direction the players begin to lean in regards to allegiance or understanding and then begin to weave in little facts and tidbits from there that's one option it is not the option there are other things i do as well but that's one thing to consider hmm. Hmm. that's a good idea you do the same thing with npcs all the time yeah you i mean adjust them based on how people treat them. yeah it, 
for me, that twist has got to happen like when you when you're face to face with the people in charge, and they ask something of mm. you or they do something in front of you that you're like, wait, what? No, 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 no. This place is bad. Hang on, wait a minute. That's oh me. no, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. You like to you like to have the leader say something, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, the fuck! This guy's a fuck. bigot. Um. I will also say it is very easy to extremism and zealotry is very easy to tack on to something. Not to say that you tack it on at the end, but what you can do is these people can do something that on a surface level very easily presents as good. Mm -hmm. So they really believe in providing for their entire community the right amount of grain every year and they will do anything to make that happen to make sure that their citadel remains fed and their population remains healthy on on the exterior that seems really great awesome you take that two steps though they achieve that and they believe they're doing the right thing by consistently raiding the stores of nearby communities or forcing people to pay more in grain than they can in neighboring kingdoms or shires, or they take advantage of other communities in order to assure that. Mm. When you go first in that town, you see that people are happy, they're well-fed, they love their leaders, right? But as you begin to move away from that community and engage with other sections, then you begin to see there are people suffering because of these actions, which is moral relativism at its source. Right. So then you've got your moral relativism. And then what you do is you just lace that in there. Oh, yeah. When they first start, the whole city looks great. But then you send them on a mission to a nearby county. And when they get there, that nearby county has no food. And the party's like, this is why is the capital so well fed? That's weird. Right. Uh, And you can decide, does an NPC straight up say, fuck the king? Or do they say, yeah. Or do they kind of like step lightly around it because they've been threatened to keep their mouths shut, right? Mm-hmm. And then the party has to look into further. There's all kinds of different directions to take it, but that's how I would set that up. Um, yeah. Because that is very gray. This kingdom's doing the right thing in a way. It's keeping the most number of people alive by directly making as few lives as utterly miserable as possible. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad? Is that a gray area? Would you stop that? Would you pull the lever and save the fat kid? Kill the five people? That's the the classic conundrum company every Saturday at 6 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, that's how I tend to present those. Again, either adjusting off of the way players interact, where usually... Usually what happens is all of my organizations sit in this morally gray, morally relativistic platform, right? There are some that are just truly despicable. Those ones we know, right? But there's a lot of other organizations that are capable of both good and evil. And then as the players begin to engage with them in different story arcs, the players will begin to make assumptions, okay, these people are the good guys. These people are the better. And I will lean into that or out of that as the story progresses. You should be able to take the position of every faction is doing the right thing in their own mindset. 
You should be able to look from their perspective and say, okay, we're trying to stop this kingdom from doing whatever they're doing because they're destroying lives all over the place and it's making people in those areas miserable and they they hate everything about their lives. But if you look at it from the king's perspective, it's like, I'm trying to feed people here. That's my job. These people can all suck it. My my citizens are okay. That's my job. And if you look at it from yeah. another perspective, you get another third opinion. But then exactly. the party has to make their own. They have to decide which one of these groups they agree with the most and then go with that. Go from there. It's not about making if, your thing outright evil. It's about showing the different perspectives and saying which one do you agree with the most. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's – it's everything – there's so many – all things, almost all things in D&D, again, minus, like, the BBEG does need to be relatively... Well, no, we've talked yeah, about you can even make the it... BBEG needs to be relatable to an yeah. extent. I think the party needs to... You have to be careful, because you don't want the party to feel guilt, necessarily, mm-hmm. or, like, immense guilt. They can feel some, but it shouldn't, like, you know, freeze them in place yeah. um, with that sort of thing. But moral relativism is... Put it on a knife's edge and let the world engage as it would. Mm-hmm. Because also, your king may be doing the right thing until something pivotal happens uh, that is fueled by what the party does, and then he might start doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Because people make good and bad choices, and people Or he might be doing bad things until something the party does, and then he does the right thing. Like if they kill his parents. Uh, You guys did that? Solomor? in freaking salt marsh like such a skeezy asshole and the party has berated him so often about his tactics that he now behaves himself uh and feels even a little bit of remorse for some of his actions and we still take it all the time hand over fist (laughs) we'll never let it go we're the good guys but like the party has 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 changed that individual right through interaction yeah uh, or, but like you could accidentally kill the king's parents in an alley when they're leaving a movie theater, and all of a sudden he's Batman. That's a good thing, I'm right? Yeah, the kingdom's safe because Batman's there. I've, I, I live in a castle. By Would day, you kill two parents I... to save a city? <laughs> <laughs> That's my new quandary. That's how well the party knows them. <laughs> that guy in that alley that night was a hero. <laughs> Oh my god, that's evil. He shot those two parents because he knew he was going to save Gotham. <laughs> that's so terrible. <laughs> yeah, but it's not wrong. Oh, it is. It makes you feel a little greasy sometimes. But What, Batman? No, what? You... Moral relativism. Oh. <laughs> oh, moral rel- Yeah, well, because you know your perspective. But you've got to step outside that and be like, well, this is how this person thinks. Yeah. It's icky. This person is but icky, it's how they think. but it's how they're thinking about it. Yeah, I can say that because it's my decision but not really my decision it was his decision i just made it for him as long as you don't believe wholeheartedly like there are dms who like go get so into their villains or their like factions grand schemes that they like defend those actions wholeheartedly and you're like yeah nah, this is a bad person I've also <laughs> i've also seen dms play villains that are doing horrible things would be like, this isn't a bad thing. It's, like, yeah. it's not entirely bad. It's like, no, it's fully whole bad all the way bad. It's like, oh. Don't insert too far. <laughs> yeah. And don't reveal too much about yourself if you're a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> There's another yeah. whole series of issues. There. We know Lacey's not that yeah, way. Yeah, Lacey's though. wonderful. 
Yeah. God, what a good question, Certified what Nerd. Again. Good, fantastic, 10 out of 10 question. We love your questions. Keep them coming, because they're really good. Yeah. Ugh. We'd love to see them at Josh. Where would we like to see them? Well, Go you for can now. send them to loredumbquestions at gmail.com. Or you can do them on the social medias, uh, kind of like our God media, uh, but not. Wow. Uh, medias, Stalling. Twitter, and Instagram at the welcome in. No, not nope. there. At the Lord. <laughs> Ooh, that was bad. <laughs> you were stalling for so much time, you just forgot to say the right thing. Yeah, I was like, my wheels were spinning in, in, in circles. At the Lord dump is where you would send those questions. I mean, you could probably tweet them at, at the welcome in and they might tweet them at us, but uh, we can't be account- held accountable if those questions get lost. So send them tweet to at Lord the Lord first. dump, my friends. Yeah. yeah. Send them there first. Or post them in our fan discord. Uh, that's viable too yeah yeah any of those avenues will get your question straight to us and we'll answer it live on the show mm. be sure to make sure that if you want to have your name read you tell us that and if you don't you tell us that as well Ugh. you said you did such a better job you should just taken it from the top not let me do it i refuse you have to learn mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey sean if people wanted to watch prior episodes of us asking and answering questions and creating worlds where might they what? do that you can do it right now on the podcast thing you're listening to. Just scroll down a little bit. It's right, I guarantee you it's right there. Also, you can do it on YouTubes. We're uploading all the episodes there in video format. Uh-huh. Don't worry. It's not other faces. It's just a blank image. You're not missing a single thing. It's just about accessibility. If you'd rather watch it there, we totally get it. And you can go ahead and do that. Yeah, watch it, watch it, watch it, guys. Give it a, give it a, give it a like also, and thumbs up. Ooh, ooh. There's also... Me and Josh's campaigns. We both run games that are also podcasts. Look up Off the Rails or Conundrum Company. Uh, that's mine, Off the Rails, and Josh's Conundrum Company. If you'd like to see our DM perspectives, you can go ahead and listen to those there. Off the Rails and is so good. Sean is a fantastic DM. Conundrum Company is better. Josh, you forget. I, I edited your oh, audio stop straight it. No, out you're not a, You have no power here. I stopped I can edit you. all of the things you say <laughs> straight into the dumpster. Off the Rails is really good. I play in it, guys. Trust me. Conundrum Company is a great show. You should go watch it. Josh said something that I... Couldn't quite understand, so I had to cut that out of uh, there. Josh, it's got Sean. Kind of Hi, everybody. Things. This is Sean. This is like Bob the Boopty. Uh, I need you. Oh, my God. Sassy's back for another segment. Sassy, how's it going? No, she's not. She's not. You're seeing Oh, things. she left? Oh, yeah. I thought I saw her. Never mind. She's That's my bad. Anyway. <laughs> hey, what an outro this was. <laughs> It's still going. Oh no, please be my guest. It's so catchy. It's so catchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you please mix in the actual off the rails song instead? No, I'm going to use yours for our, our actual theme song from now on. That's going to be so jarring. <laughs>
Yeah. Oh, my oh God. I'm going to stop recording now. Yeah, I guess I will too.